Welcome to the Become a Media Maven podcast. If I sound a little different, it's because I am on a walk right now. I am not in front of the podcast mic. I just have my earbuds in and I'm trying to do my 10,000 steps a day. This would be day eight of 10,000 steps a day. And I got to tell you, I, I get it. Like I know it's healthy and it's what we should all do. But dear Lord, walking 10,000 steps a day is very time consuming. I think I need to take two walks a day because I just get bored walking to reach 10,000 steps at one time. Even when I'm listening to a book, like I just need a break. It's a lot of walking, well over an hour of walking. And something that drives me nuts about my Fitbit is I like to wear it on my wrist so I can see my heartbeat. And when you push a stroller, which is what I'm doing now, it doesn't count your steps. So I need to put it on my shoe. And then my Fitbit thinks I'm swimming for some reason. I'm not sure why it thinks I'm swimming when it's on my shoe, but it does. It's a whole thing. But anyway, didn't want to miss an episode. I took the week of Christmas off. I came back on New Year's Eve to talk about the books I'm reading and how I can read so much. One of those things was listening to a book while I'm walking. That was one of my seven tips. If you haven't listened to that, make sure you check it out. That is on this podcast, Become a Media Maven. And it is also on my new podcast, Christina Reads All Day. That's my new fun podcast. And I actually saw a tweet this morning that kind of drove the point home as to why I started that podcast. And I don't remember what this woman said word for word in her tweet, but it was something along the lines of not everything you do has to be for an ROI. Like you can just do some things because you want to do them or because they're fun, but because of this hustle culture that a lot of people online are living in, they think every single thing they need to do needs to be tracked to an ROI. I'm in a mastermind for my agency. And I said something about how I was starting this podcast, Christina Reads All Day, to talk about the books I'm reading and this and that. And then somebody commented, well, how are you going to monetize it? And I was like, listen, if I monetize it, that's cool. But that's not why I'm starting it. Like, I just want to do something fun. I don't want to work 24-7. I want to have a hobby. (laughs) And I want to expand on my hobby in different ways. So just that's my little that's my little public service announcement for the day. Like have a hobby, do something for fun. Don't tie everything back to an ROI. Okay. Point of today's episode. Kind of came to me yesterday when I was chatting with my mom and we were just talking about how you have all of these different friends and family and people around you. And they all have great business ideas and they want to be entrepreneurs and make their own schedule and determine how much money they make, the whole thing. But a lot of them are never successful. And I told my mom, well, this is why they're never successful. And it really just comes down to two reasons. There's two things that make entrepreneurs successful. And there's two things that will stop you from being successful. And they're the same thing. And when I say successful... I don't mean making a million dollars, making six figures. I mean, whatever successful for you, whatever you can do to live the life that you want to live without stress for different people that looks like different things. 
I don't know if you can hear baby Dylan in the background, but he loves looking at the birds. And when we go on a walk, all I have to do is say, Dylan, let's go find the birds because he loves looking for the birds. So that's what we're doing for 10,000 steps, probably broken up throughout the day. We're looking for the birds, people. All right, so what are the two things? The first thing is to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to do things you don't want to do. You have to do things other people aren't willing to do. Some of this comes down to work ethic. Some of it just comes down to forcing yourself to do things you don't want to do. I mean, think about it. Starting a business and growing a business is not easy. If it were easy, we would all do it. If it were easy, the statistic 80% of small businesses fail in the first five years would not exist. So it's not easy. (laughs) You have to be willing to do things that you don't want to do and that others don't want to do. And that is why you see successful business owners at the top and employees making a minimum wage at the bottom. Because a lot of those employees who make a minimum wage aren't willing to do what the person who started the business did. And I was telling my mom, I said, something that drives me crazy is when people see me today and they see like, oh, you took a day off in the middle of the week to go see a movie. Obviously, I'm not doing that during COVID, but back in the day when I would do that or you know, I can go out for lunch with somebody in the middle of the day or, you know, whatever it is. It's usually, you know, when it comes to making my own schedule, people will say, oh, must be nice. Oh, that must be nice. But nobody was saying that when I was working 12 hours a day, when I hated making sales calls to get new clients and I was making a certain number of sales calls every week to hit my goal. Nobody was saying that when I was hiring a lawyer to write a demand letter to collect money from somebody I hired to do work and she didn't do the work and she just took the money. Nobody was saying that when I was chasing clients for money. So many people want to say, oh, must be nice when they see you benefiting from your hard work, but when you tell them, well, yeah, you could have this too. All you have to do is this and this and this, and then they're like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. I don't want to do all that. Well, then if you don't want to do it, you're not going to have these benefits. So that's a big part of it. You have to do a lot of things that you don't want to do to be successful. And that brings me to my second point. Well, what are those things you have to do? For everybody, it's different. For every industry, it's different. For me, being in the PR industry, I have to do certain things. If you are a creator selling things on Etsy, you're going to be doing different things. If you are a CPA or a real estate agent or an interior designer, you're going to do different things. So the second point is you need to invest in your business and you need to invest in somebody who has already done what you have done and is successfully teaching other people how to do that thing and those other people are successful. So a lot of people, I see this in Facebook groups, they always ask, how do I hire a business coach? 
what do I look for? Because like, let's keep it real. Everybody on the internet today claims to be a business coach and most of them are not successful in business at all. So what I did when I hired my first one was I looked at how successful that business coach and that business coach's team was. Because many times you're not just working with that one person. You're working with that one person and their team. And I actually prefer that. Like, I want not just one person. I want a lot of people. And if it's not just the business coach, then I want it to be the business coach and the other people in the business coaching program. Because you learn so much from everybody else around you, not just the coach. So the first thing I did was I looked at how successful the business coach was and everybody around the business coach. And then I looked at the person's retention rate. Do people hire this person once and then after the program is over, they don't come back or do they stick around? Because if they stick around, that says something about that coach. So I looked at that. And then finally, I looked at how successful the clients were. Were there success stories? Did this business coach actually change the trajectory of their business and their life? And if that was a yes, then I hired that person. So those were three things that I looked at. You also want to make sure it's relevant and it's in alignment. For example, right now, I have a few business coaches. One is for my agency. And my business coach for this agency, his name is Jason Swank. He was actually introduced to me from a previous business coach of mine, Pat Flynn, because Pat had Jason on his podcast. And Jason coaches marketing agency owners. Like, it doesn't get more niche than that. I've only come across... I think one other coach who is niched in marketing agencies. So I don't only learn from Jason when we hop on a call every two weeks, but I also learn from other people in the mastermind because they also have marketing agencies. Another business coach of mine is Dan Martell. Dan Martell is somebody who coaches SaaS owners. So SaaS is software as a service. That is what podcast cloud is. And I needed somebody who has success in the SaaS industry and coaching other SaaS owners. Again, we are all in a group together. I can chat with other SaaS owners. I can learn from Dan. So it's relevant. And I know these people have had success. And I know clients of theirs have had success as well. That's how I hire my business coaches. And you have to have a business coach who is successful in the industry or else you are not going to know what to do. Remember I talked about those things. You have to do things you don't really want to do. Those are the things that your business coach is going to tell you about. Dylan, are you talking to the birds? Are you talking to the birds? You don't know what you don't know. And until you hire somebody who has been there, done that, you're just kind of operating blind. You're doing things that you see other people on the internet doing or what they appear to be doing, but you don't really know. You don't really know the ins and outs of their business. So you need somebody who has been there and done that to tell you exactly what to do step by step. And everybody likes to be coached differently. I'll tell you the way I like to be coached. I just want you to tell me what to do. I'm going to tell you where I'm at now. I'm going to tell you where I want to go. And you tell me what I need to do to get there. And then after I do what you tell me to do, I'm going to tell you what happened, and then I'm going to ask you to tell me what to do next. That's how I like to be coached. Everybody likes things differently. 
I don't mind the blunt, straightforward, tough love approach. I think that's the approach I have. And it's not a fit for everybody, but I don't like to waste time. So I don't need you to pump my tires. I don't need you to butter me up. I don't need praise or recognition. I'm hiring you to help me hit this goal. Just tell me what I got to do to hit the goal. If something's not working, tell me what's not working and I'll fix it. That's my style. That's the style I like when I hire a coach. But again, everybody's different and that's something you're going to want to look for. So yes. This is going to cost you money. When I started my business for the first two years of my business, I was spending a lot of time on things because I was afraid to spend money. I was afraid to spend money because I didn't know if it was going to work. I didn't know if I was going to make that money back. So it scared me. And so instead, I invested a lot of time the first two years of my business. And it was a lot of stressful time. I was working 12-hour days six, seven days a week, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was soaking up all of the free content online that I could, trying to be successful doing what all of these other online business coaches with their free programs told me to do. But things changed for me when I had a specific person to talk to, and I had somebody to say, this is my specific situation. This is where I want to be specifically. What do I need to do to get there? And they told me specifically as it related to me. It wasn't general conversation on the internet that was being sold to hundreds of other people in my position or hundreds of other people in general, not necessarily in my position. So that's just something to keep in mind. If you're going to invest time, you need to make sure you're doing the right things with your time. And the only way to make sure you're doing the right things with your time is to invest money in a coach who has been there and done that. So those are my two things. I mean, it's as simple as that. One, you need to do things that you don't want to do. You need to do things that most people are not willing to do. And two, you need to invest in somebody who is going to tell you the right things to do. Because if not, you might be just wasting your time. So hire wisely and work hard. Work smart. You can work hard. That's what I did, again, investing a lot of time. But I wasn't working smart. And usually when you work smart, because you're being so strategic and you're doing the right things, you're actually working less because you're not wasting your time. You're paying for the shortcut. You're paying to skip the trial and error and just go straight to what already works. Yes, it's scary. Everybody thinks they need money in the bank to hire a business coach. I did for two years. I said, I can't afford one because I don't have this money sitting in the bank. Well, I bought a new house a couple of years ago. I didn't have money sitting in the bank for that, so I got a mortgage. With my first business coach, I didn't have money sitting in the bank. So I put it on a credit card and I said, I will do every single thing this business coach tells me to do so I can pay this off and I'll make money doing it. My goal was to pay it off in a year. It was $15,000 for the year and I paid it off in six months. And ever since then, I have always had a coach to help me take my business to the next level 
if I'm fine where it's at, to maintain where it is, to make sure all of the team and all of the clients I have are happy and the culture is a fit for everybody. Because remember, being successful, it's not always about making more money and making more money. Sometimes you reach a certain point and you have enough money. And then you just want to change other things. Like, okay, I'm making enough money now. So how do I remove myself from the business and keep making money so I can make time for more hobbies? Everybody's goals are different. But the two things that remain true to be successful in business, whatever your definition of success is, is that you need to do these things that you probably don't want to do, that most people aren't willing to do, And you need to hire somebody to tell you what to do step by step. Or else, it's like you're blind. It's like you're deaf and you're blind. And you don't know what the hell you're doing. You're just doing what you think you should do because you see it on the internet. It's like people, (laughs) it's like people thinking they know how the media works, right? I don't know if you've noticed, but everybody on the internet today is a media expert. They know everything about how the traditional media works. And... They don't. It's very obvious to anybody who works in the media. They're just, I don't even know what, they're just getting their thoughts from what they see on TV. That's like me watching Grey's Anatomy and saying, oh, I can be a doctor now because I saw how it's done on TV. That's not how it works. So I hope this was helpful. I hope it was a good kick in the pants as we start the new year. I know it's scary investing in yourself, especially when we talk about money. One, it's a money mindset problem, so pick up Secrets of a Millionaire Mind. I will link to that in the show notes of this episode. And two, if you invest with knowledge and practice those things that I spoke about to invest with knowledge, and you do everything you're asked to do, then you will be successful. I recently got an email from somebody in my media mentoring program, and... She said, I've been in this program for almost six months, and it's just not working for me. I'm not getting a lot out of it. And I replied to her email, and I said, you've had 12 calls to book and show up for so we could help you, and you've only shown up for two. And we've sent you an email every month begging you to book these calls, and you have it. We have told you we will build you media lists. So you can have the exact contact information of everybody you need to contact to pitch. And you haven't asked for any. We told you to send us media pitches so we can edit them and go over them with you. And you haven't done that. So, yes, you can hire a great coach. You can do your homework. But if you don't do the homework they give you after you hire them, it's still not going to work. It's like buying a membership to the gym and not going. It doesn't work that way. It's like paying for music lessons and not practicing the violin. You're not going to get better. The biggest thing here is implementing. Learning and implementing. Learning and implementing. Like, it never stops. And people who invest in themselves and coaches and programs, most of them have a problem implementing. When I look at everybody in my media mentoring program... The people who were the most successful are the people who booked every call, the people who sent us emails with pitches and said, hey, this is my pitch. What do you think? We would rework it and send it back to them within 24 hours. If we knew people 
who were doing stories, or if we knew publicists who had connections, we would make email introductions to them. If you're not emailing us, if you're not active in the Facebook group, if you're not booking your calls, we're not gonna know what you're working on. We're not gonna know a lot about your niche. We're not gonna know a lot about what you wanna get coverage for. So when things do come across our desk, we're not gonna know to pitch you because you're not making yourself seen. I mean, a coach can only do so much. We can only email you and tell you to book a call so much. It's up to you. You have to take responsibility and do the work. And that's what a lot of people don't do, which takes me back to point one. You gotta be willing to do things you don't wanna do and things other people aren't willing to do. These two things really go hand in hand. So I hope that was helpful. If you do wanna find out more about my media mentoring program, you can just go to mediamentoringprogram.com and you can find it there. You can also find it where you find show notes for this episode at mediamavenandmore.com. You can also go to becomeamediamaven.com it all takes you to the same place. And then for show notes, just tap on podcasts. And for more on the media mentoring program, you can tap on courses. There are two different versions of the media mentoring program. The first is just an online course. You get access to the online course and you get access to the Facebook group forever. We won't take it away. For as long as the Facebook group and the online course exist, you can hop in there. And do you have any questions? Just post it in the Facebook group. That is 997. We do break that up into three payments if you don't want to swing the 997 at once. The second option is the VIP version. I highly recommend the VIP version so you can speak with somebody specifically about your business, about your goals, about where you want to be twice a month. You get on the phone with my director of operations and you talk about what you want to be in the news for. We basically tell you, okay. Based on our experience working in newsrooms, this is a pitch I would bite on. This is what you should do. And we work with you on your pitches. We help you rewrite them. We build media lists for you. We make introductions, the whole thing. So it's really a done with you instead of a do-it-yourself program. Some businesses invest in this one to bring PR in-house. It's like training somebody to do PR. So if you have a VA, you can do it with your VA. And again, you keep the program and you have access to the online course for as long as it exists. That one is just about $6,000 for six months, a little less than that. So again, you can break that up into six different payments. The first payment is $9.97. That'll give you access to the online course, full access right away so you can binge it, access to the Facebook group, and then after that, it's $8.47 a month for the following five months. Some people continue with that. They continue to get the coaching. We help them. It's like having your own little publicist. We basically tell you what buttons to push, and you push the buttons. So we're there in your corner helping you. And, again, it's super helpful for us if you show up for those calls because then we know exactly what you do and who you're trying to reach, and we can make those introductions as necessary. I hope that was helpful. Thank you so much for listening. I apologize for my panting as I walk and do all of my steps. Let me tell you how many I've done since I started walking. Just to give you an idea of how ridiculous this 10,000 steps a day is. I have walked 2,888 steps. That's it. I'm like 
just over a quarter of the way there. And I feel like I've been walking and talking forever. Do you do 10,000 steps a day? If you do, props to you. Jessica Lundgren, I know you do. You sent me a message on Instagram when I was sharing this new venture of mine. 10,000 steps a day. Props to you. If you do 10,000 steps a day, props to you. Super impressive. I'm probably going to have to head back in when I hit about 5,000 and then come back out later in the afternoon to finish her off. Right now, I'm listening to Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. I just started that one. Yesterday, I finished Born a Crime by Noah Trevor. And then before that, it was By the Effing Lilies by Tara Schuster. Tara. She goes by Tara. I always say Tara. Tara Schuster. If you want to know how I feel about those books and you want to check out my reviews, I put them on my YouTube channel. Um, you can search that, Christina All Day. Not the Media Maven one. I got two YouTube channels, one for business, one for fun. Remember, not always about the ROI. And then I also have the podcast, Christina Reads All Day as well, where I just pull the audio from those YouTube videos and put them on the podcast. So that's what I'm doing for business and fun every week and trying to get 10,000 steps in in between. Thank you for listening. Happy New Year. If you have any ideas for future podcast episodes, let me know. I do have some awesome interviews coming up. I have some great interviews with some great leaders, many of them handling marketing at a lot of successful businesses, so you can learn from them. And we have one on Facebook groups coming up, so that's exciting. Lots of good things to look out for. And I will see you again. Can you hear the excitement over the birds? He loves the birds. I will see you again soon on another episode of Become a Media Maven.